one by Toronto again. Onto the wing for Spezza. Pass it for the score! Austin Matthews deflecting it home. And the Maple Leafs have tied the game. Holy Mackinac, what a turn of events. Welcome back to the Leafs cast. This is the first Leafs cast in like months that this week Austin Matthews has not scored a goal and we have a Joe Bowen clip of Austin Matthews scoring a goal. Very, very nice. Deal. We didn't have time. To, we don't always have time for a new intro. Okay. We don't always have time. You guys won't let me hire an, an intern. What do, you, what do you want me to do? That's uh, okay. I, I could always get listen to uh, some Bowen calling Matthews goals. Never gets old. I would pay easily like three hundred dollars to for someone like to be able to just watch a tv um uh you know cast of joe bowen though calling the game three hundred dollars a year for all those games joe bowen if you're listening we have a job opportunity for you (laughs) can you please sit in my living room and just commentate the game for me i'll put the game on mute and just listen to you talk (laughs) welcome back to the leaves cast steven douglas joined by tim and ryan allison um another podcast where once again if we recorded after the wednesday game it'd be a very different uh uh mood here in the leaves cast studio we had our pitchforks out and ready if we lost last night we would not have been pleased the uh what i was gonna say that the official leaves cast chat was completely silent for at least a day and a half following I think the two Wednesday, days yeah which we doesn't happen often <laughs> that does not happen often at all <laughs> there's just nothing to be said i don't know but i'm excited to talk about it today with you guys and um let's get into it so in the rangers we're starting the beginning of the week because we want to like start low and we'll end on a high note so on the rangers we got it to a quick lead it was all looking to be great and then the Leafs said, like, you know what? I think that's enough for me. And they decided to just call it after the first period. And then the Rangers scored five goals in a row. And so we lost 6-3. Right. Okay. I was thinking about the right game. For some reason, I had in my head that that was against St. Louis. These Stupid blue, blue teams. Yeah. Well, these blown but leads, they all start to blend together, I suppose. 3-1. In the it's game. It's the most dangerous lead in hockey. Well, that's what's weird about it. Like, this game on its own, it's not like it was the worst game the least ever played it's not even the worst game of this season like we've blown worse leads and have worse outings you know we, we just lost against the arizona coyotes or like a couple of weeks before what what this one was so tiresome is that it's just the same story for like five straight games and and you know they love reminding us on these broadcasts of the 3-1 lead and then you blow it in a 3-1 lead and barely win in overtime and a 3-1 lead and you blow it and this was just like the, the cherry on top of we had the lead early and then we just died on the ice. It was embarrassing the last half well, of that game. Uh, I mean, like it was we at least have put up like some embarrassing efforts in the past. I wouldn't put it like quite at that level. Like we did finish for 38 shots, but like but it was 25 of those were in the first period. <laughs> it was bad. Stop trying to stop trying to cover it up to me. It was it was bad. I want to play what Sheldon Keefe had to say about the game afterwards. Oh boy. Today, I just thought we played soft and we made poor decisions defensively. Uh, we couldn't sort anything out. Uh, I just thought it was just, just far different. Like each game has been different. So it's hard, it's hard to, to talk about patterns other than the obvious in that we've been giving up leads, but I just thought we got exposed today for being a team that, was just soft, soft and purposeless. 
soft and purposeless. Not words you want to have attributed to you in sports. That that those words, I, I was so shocked to hear that after the game, as I think almost all of Leafs Nation was, because you're right to like like that is not something you want to be called whatsoever as a hockey player, and especially not from your coach. Um, just but but he's not. Keith has a point. Following that game, I'm I'm curious your guys' thoughts on what Keith said that it came from Keith and does it have merit to describe this Maple Leafs team? You go ahead, Tim. Uh, so I would say it does have a little bit of merit in that, like we we've seen it for a while that there's some players on the Leafs that refuse to kind of go to the hard places, like. It's it's nothing more frustrating seeing them like lose the puck battles for in like the open ice or uh, just like not finishing their tech content to like chase them and maybe poke them with the stick rather than like play the body and kind of get roughed up. These are kind of, these are the kind of things that Keith is meaning when he calls the Leafs soft. Um, I'm not sure if like I would say the Leafs in, in general are soft. Like we're, obviously we're not a physical team, but when we lose these games and you see like, what is the other team doing that we're not like, I think it's also, uh, can be, uh, a stand in for saying like, who wants it more? Like if, if you're playing soft, it means that you don't really want it. You're just showing up. Mm. So I don't know. Like it's, and this is something that we think we know has been like an issue with the Leafs in the past. Like we, we look at them and it just looks like the other team wants it more. And like, uh oh what what's the quote hard work beats skill when skill doesn't work hard or something it's that's exactly like, it's a pretty quote. good quote yeah that's exactly the quote yeah. um so i'm not sure if i i don't know lately it had we have had some some rough spots so I think that this was just like the boil over of it's the same frustration that we've all been feeling. And, and I have to remind myself that as tiresome and frustrating it is to watch the Leafs go through this stretch of just consistently blowing leads and being the worst. It's just like, it's gotta be worse for Keith. Like he lives it every day. This is his job and it happens directly to him. So he's, I think that his comments to the media were just like him, just frustrated and tired of it all. And, and is just like done. I don't put too much like I don't really care what he says to the media. I think one thing that I learned from the all or nothing series is what these guys say in media in front of the camera. Like it means nothing. They're going to go out there behind close behind doors meetings and they're going to say things directly to the team. And like, that's what that's what matters. And we can say whatever he wants to the media, but I don't think the players care all that much. Like I know I, in this case, I think he probably went and told them the exact same thing behind closed doors. But I'm just saying that I the fact that he said this in a media conference, I don't think anyone really cares about that in like the the Leaf uniforms. I think that, that they listen to what Keith says in the room and to them, and I don't think they're like watching the press conference and now they're like, oh shoot, our coach thinks we're soft because he said it to a reporter. Like if if Keith thinks they're soft, they know it. I, I think though what what Keith saying this in to the media it, it, it fuels the media to now spiral this thing maybe a little bit out of control, which is what we're doing right now. I suppose we're the media right now. Uh, <laughs> thank you for, yeah, breaking news. We're the media. Um, I, uh, the, 
I I struggled a lot with this with with this comment because I felt like it was it was Keith putting it a little bit on the players when I, I, when I look at a team and say that team's soft I'm I'm putting that on the coach Sheldon Keith is paid to make this team that if it appears soft not soft so, soft is something that like it's it's not some skill that you've developed over you know you know not be soft right like like that is something that coaching can can change because you see teams that are consistently not a soft team right the the Boston Bruins are not a soft team and we constantly see new guys come into that building now we don't we're not like you know watching the tape on these guys before they show up there but they don't have a soft player on their roster and it's because of the coaching and the culture that's in that building and so I put the I put the blame of that on Sheldon Keefe. And I don't think I don't it has know, to do with but, being but like with you physical. Say that, you say that, but it wasn't Sheldon Keefe who lost to Boston in 2013 because their team blew the lead or lost to Boston the following two times. Like that was Mike Babcock. And then it was Sheldon Keefe who did it uh, um, in the bubble as well as to Montreal. And like in all those times, it's just like a rotating door of, of cast members coming in and playing for the Leafs. So I, I don't, there's not even a common denominator between it all, except that we played all season, not blowing leads. We were the best team yeah. actually at not blowing leads. We were the only team at one point who had still had a perfect record as going into the third period with the lead and coming out of the third period with the lead. And in the span of like four games, when we blow a few multi-goal leads, it just all gets thrown out and now we're back to up oh, there's the Leafs and they're going to blow the lead because they're not mentally tough and they're soft and they're purposeless. And so that's where I take it. I say like, no, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. I think that it is a little overblown. I mean, it's recency bias. It's a lot of it is frustrating. I am frustrated by it, but like we saw it in the next game against the Islanders, we had the multi-game point lead and part of it is because the Islanders suck and they don't <laughs> score goals. But like that third period was boring. Nothing happened and so, until they pulled their goalie and it was six on five. Then it got a little dicey. But before then, it was just like, yeah, we shut it down. It was boring hockey. And I could totally see us doing that again for the next 20 games. And that's just what we do. And then it all go away. And then it gets to the playoffs and we blow a multi-goal lead. And all of a sudden the world is ending. We're the Toronto Maple Leafs. We blow. like it's it's I think it's all a little overblown part of it because it's Toronto. But I, it doesn't concern me very Hmm. Now, so you think it's it's just uh, the long layoff? They're still recovering, trying to get their rhythm back after the COVID the COVID break. I don't know. Every team goes through ups and downs. Like you even look at the the Colorado Avalanche, who are like third in the league right now, and they're just going on this ridiculous run. They started the season like middling to less than middling, and they weren't that great. And now all of a sudden, they've gone on this run. You even look at Pittsburgh and Washington, and they've really turns it on you look at tampa bay who's just at 100 percent all the time that's a poor example but but teams just go on kind of ups and downs and then i think that this is just kind of toronto's down and then we'll go on the up again like it, it so long as you're up when you're in the playoffs that's all that matters so you ryan you mentioned you you don't think the leafs players care like like what keith says to the media do you think that jack campbell cares when sheldon keith says about about jack campbell He's not playing to the same level. I think that's obvious. This was also following the Wednesday game. Um, I don't know. I mean, 
Jack Campbell, I would say, is almost like a unique circumstance in that I, I think he does really care. He, like, especially after the Rangers game, like it looks like he just lost in game seven again and let his team down. Like he just looked distraught. And I don't necessarily know if like Keith coming out and saying, you know, Campbell hasn't played to the same level. If if Keith said anything other than that, we would all be rolling our eyes because obviously, yes, Campbell has not been playing to the same level as his like record setting Vesna first half of the season. I don't know. I, I think that um, Campbell kind of knows how well or how not well he's been playing. I don't think that he needs Keith. No, I, I guess to answer your question, no, I don't think he cares what Keith says to the media. I think I think he knows, and I think he has a goalie coach who he talks to. I think Keith talks to him. I think his team, like it, th- these guys, know. I don't think they care what the media, what's said to the media here. Tim, uh, hard to say. Like Jack Campbell. I think is his own harshest critic. So, mm-hmm. so maybe uh, what Keith was saying to the media is nicer than the things that Jack Campbell was thinking to himself after those uh, couple rough games there. But um, yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with Ryan that. Oh no, but maybe not. Cause like earlier in the year, like the Edmonton coach blatantly threw the goalie under the bus saying like, he needs to be better. He needs to have those goals. Or like, I remember Randy Carlisle talking about James Rivers, like, Oh, how was he? Oh, how was the last game? Yeah, team's just okay. And it's just like it does. It does matter. Like you, you want uh, your your coach to kind of have your back. I I think it was a few games ago in Carolina. Rod Brindamore took the like kind of fell on his sword for like Carolina coming out of the COVID break. They kind of were flat, and he's like, "That's on me. I should have pl- planned like the days off better, the practices harder, get the team into it." Like he took the fall. So it is like, I don't think it's nothing. But but part um, of that is you have to know your team. Like I remember when in again in the All or Nothing series that that speech that Sheldon Keith game going into game overtime of Game Six. Oh, the one that it, didn't work. You could say it didn't work, <laughs> except that they came out for the first ten minutes that overtime flying. So I would say it did work. But yeah, either way, either way, you like they were saying on the broadcast once that oh he was too harsh on his guys and he was calling out Matthews and Marner for and Hyman that their line was just getting dominated and and you should be pumping your guys up. But like you got to know your team. Maybe him just like constantly pumping them up, it, it, it's not going to change anything. They're going to do the same thing. Instead, you have to call them out. You got to challenge them. You got to see you guys like are sucking right now. You got to do better. And then what happened? You made your joke to him. It didn't work. Yeah, they lost off of a stupid play that just freak thing. But they outshot them like twenty to one in that overtime. So like, yeah, I'd say that. Okay, in that instance, Sheldon Keith knew his player. He knew that yes, this is what they need to get going. And I don't know too much about you know the Edmonton coach and and Koskinen's relationship and and all that but clearly he doesn't understand what he needs because that turned into a little bit of a messy situation Carlisle and Reimer absolutely didn't have a good relationship Reimer could do anything he wants and Carlisle's like nah I don't like this guy so like you're comparing these other two situations of poor relationships between the coach and goalie and I don't think that's what Sheldon Keefe has with Jack Campbell I don't think that I don't think that's comparable at all Goalies are different than the the rest of the team. Sometimes I feel like, and I think they're treated differently by, you know, coaches and management. Like I, I have no problem whatsoever with Sheldon Keefe getting hard on the guys, especially the forwards and the, and the, and the defensemen. And I, I think that works like this pumping up thing. Like that's what the, you know, that's what the 16,000 people in the stands are there to do. 
to a degree. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Um, Soup. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. And, and and we won't be getting that when they go back to Toronto. But um, it's just, just, just something to bring up. Like Sheldon Keefe kind of, we're getting deep into the season. And you get a little bit more frustrated maybe with some of these losses. But you can't, you can't, dis- I don't think you guys would disagree with that. Jack Campbell did not play well on Wednesday. He didn't play well on Saturday. And that's two games in a row. Now, Sheldon Keefe didn't come out like, like uh, 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 the call out against Koskinen or saying like, you know, not playing well. He said he's not playing to the same level. And Ryan said it before, a Vesna level, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Jack Campbell didn't come out playing at a Vesna level on those two nights. And we win one of them, right? We do win against the Blues. But um, some of those goals against the Rangers were rough. However, sorry, I know I'm ranting here a little bit. The defense in front of Jack Campbell was pathetic. Awful. And this is the first time since he's been there that the defense has looked like this. Looked like us and, and a majority of you know the people listening to this podcast remember from you know all of time before two years ago. That's what the yeah. defense looked like. Yeah. You had one good you had one good unit, maybe, and 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 then the rest. And well, that one good unit was like Riley and Haynes. That's what I'm saying. Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh Riley, who'd never been to an all-star game, by the way. Um disgusting. But that that was pathetic, and it it gets me thinking. It gets it gets the the. I have two cogs in this brain of mine. They get dusty, and they you know they got moving, <laughs> right? Is there some merit to this argument about the Leafs not you know paying Jack Campbell a ton of money? Because if the defense is right, the goaltender is going to be right as well. Because you know Freddie Anderson saw a lot. A he he had a team you know, in front of him, like Jack Campbell had on Wednesday. And, and I, I think he outplayed, you know, you know, Fre- Freddie was putting up better numbers than Jack Campbell on Wednesday. I don't know. Maybe I'm overacting to one game. Some of those goals were rough. Well, I mean, a third of our defense were out. Like our, our number three and four Muzzin all were both not playing. And all of a sudden you have Sandy and Lilligren who are already young guys and inexperienced players all of a sudden put in the tough situation of they have to play more minutes. They have to play harder minutes and, and against tougher competition, they get more defensive zone starts. And then all of a sudden your third pair of Dermot and uh, was that one? Biega was in that game. Yeah, it was Biega and both. Or, oh, no, Dahlstrom was that, last night. Oh, Dahlstrom. Right, right, right. I, I think, or is Dahlstrom? I don't know. Either no, way. Yeah, Dahl- Dahlstrom was, was Saturday and Biega was Wednesday. Time is hard, man. There, <laughs> it, it, it's rough. And like our defensive depth all of a sudden is seriously concerning. And just when we thought Jake Muzzin was like the biggest problem on the team, I'm desperate to have him back in the lineup now because it just brings us some balance. And, and, and I, feel, I feel like this should be a wake-up call to Kyle Dubas that we need something. And even if it's just another like 670 just so that if we get an injury we have someone a little better we can bring in maybe in top 4d that we can kind of shift everyone down again but there's got to be something there there's no way we can head into the playoffs hoping that jake muzzin doesn't get injured again hoping justin hall is able to play nhl minutes like we we need help on the back end and i think that this road trip has made that abundantly clear Abundantly clear. I mean, so switching to the game last night a little bit, Leafs go ahead and win 3-1. But something that I noticed, and I I noted it on the broadcast too, on that penalty kill, like it it was Muzzin and Brody, or sorry, uh, Riley and Brody the whole whole time. 
Mm-hmm. There's nobody else that they're trusting back there. Um, we'll see. We'll, we have uh, about almost well, like a month and a half until the deadline. And that's, that's the piece where last year when we were talking about the deadline and how like, well, there isn't, you know, an obvious hole on this roster that needs to be filled. There is right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Jake Muzzin's head, please recover soon and, and, and play better. Well, Tim, like, I, I was over at your place watching the game. Just so you all know, I was over at Tim's house watching the game last night and they won. The curse is broken. Woo, I can watch games baby. with Tim's again. But Tim, you, you were saying how like the, the trade market for even a lower level defenseman might it might be kind of scary and higher than, than we're anticipating here. Yeah, I mean, er, like early on, these are all the teams leaking to the media like, oh, the price for this like bucket of pucks is a first round pick and don't even call me if it's that. Then obviously, as you get further along, the prices drop. It's like, really like, mm-hmm. oh, this is kind of ridiculous that we're asking for this. But then again, it's like, so what's interesting about the playoff picture, though, is uh, looking at the standings, I'll try. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Every time I pull up the standings, it's always so annoying. I say, oh, who's at the top of the league? Oh, I must be filtered by our division. Oh, wait, no, it's the league. What is with like Florida, Tampa Bay, first and second in the league, and then us? And, oh, so annoying. Like, why is it always the, our division that is the worst? Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, in the East, the playoffs are almost set. Obviously, they have like placements in between that, that are uh, up for grabs. But so you have Boston like hanging on to the least, the last spot. Who's also red hot. When, when you say annoying. hanging on, they're eight points ahead of Detroit Red Wings with four games in hands. Like they have very securely secured a playoff spot here. Well, well that's my point. So in the, I mean, the West, the West, literally every single team in the West is, is in on it. So maybe that's, what's going to buy them. But I would say this year, maybe it's one of the first year where there's more sellers than buyers. Like usually this playoff format means that, Oh, everyone thinks they have a shot. And so people mm. like the prices are going to be high because everyone's, Everyone's competing for the same players. That's a good point. But, it, but in the East, at least, it's like, you know, if you're like, unless if you're like a Detroit Red Wings fan who's still clinging to hope, but they're not there year yet. Not their year yet. Right. So we could be looking at teams like Philadelphia, New York, New Jersey, and like maybe they're looking to move some, some bodies out there. I don't know. I guess New Jersey's kind of on the rebuild here. So they probably want to hold on to their guys. Columbus, they'll probably be selling. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, apparently they're in the market for Jacob Chikrin out of Arizona. What? You know, like the, Why? the one, the one good player. Who? Uh, Columbus. Oh my gosh! The thirteen points out of a playoff spot. Well, no, well, uh, Chikrin has terms, so like it's not like he has. Yeah, but Columbus is on the downhill, not the up. Oh, this is not a Columbus podcast, but no. they should not be in the market for Jacob Chikrin. No. Us, on the other hand. No, who knows what who knows what Doof is gonna do? We just want to be better. Yeah. A- anyway, um, we'll we'll save the the trade talk for a future podcast. It's funny because like the season feels so like like it's been so long already. We're not even halfway yet, and the trade deadline's not until like the end of March. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So who so who knows how it's gonna shift before then? Yeah. One thing that's for sure is that the New York Islanders fan base sucks and I love seeing them lose. So that was good. That's true. Is it time to start talking about the, the game that we won, the fun game? We've been spending all this time on the Rangers game and like feeling sorry for ourselves, but then we won last night. Yep. Leafs come out playing the other New York team. What a trash heap organization. Give me a break. Super um, garbage. 
with the trash heap fans. Don't forget them. We'll get into that. Take care of business three one. Um, and R- Ryan said it before. After that first period, I mean, it was a boring game. It snooze fest. It was a total total snooze fest. Um, that first period, though. <laughs> well, the Eggball. My oh yeah, that was that Mitch was Marner. M- Mitch and Pierre. You're right. Two um. Kind of greasy goals. I mean, Mitch's was. I guess Mitch's wasn't greasy. Whoa. It was really nice. Angval. Well, what do you? He just whacked the whacked the puck I mean, at whole, the last second. He and it went yeah. out the whole team. The the deke was nice, but like it was a rough goal to go, and it just kind of slid under his pad. But oh, either well, way, yes. I, it, it's nice that it, it's nice to see Angval, who's kind of fighting for his life for a, just a lineup spot here. He was kind of in a battle with Richie and one, and he's been looking good since. He's proving that he deserves a spot in this lineup for sure. Uh, no, I feel like fight of fight of his life is a little uh, a little generous. Like if you're getting into a fight with a dead fish, do you call it like a fight of your life? <laughs> Did you just call Nick Ritchie a dead fish? <laughs> that was maybe a little harsh for Nick Ritchie. What? But Wait, no, no, I mean, like honestly, like all, all the things from like the past road trip of the blown leads and not a complete game, like all of that was not true for this game against the Islanders, and part of that was that the Islanders didn't look great but they 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 played a complete game they shut them down they got the multi-point goal lead and and they held on to it so hopefully that's a sign of things to come that that that's how our future games continue to go because that was more fun than the roller coasters that all the other games have been good teams beat up on the bad teams um can I pr- provide you guys with just a couple of chirps about the New York Islanders and their organization? I, I love hearing chirps about the New York Islanders. I live for these chirps. Okay, let me just get oh into boy. the zone here. <sighs> okay, feeling good. Okay, the Islanders last night played as well as a team built around Matt Martin Wood. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's fair. That's fair. That's a good one. That's one Matt-based one. Uh, the second one, could you imagine this Islanders team if the Bruins had drafted Matt Barzell and the Islanders got stuck with Zachary Senshin. Is that the alternative? That's the guy who got taken you- before him in the draft, the third of Boston's three picks. Just, I was just I was thinking saying, about that. Barzell did look like their only good player. There was one point where like he made a pass and the other Islanders guy just like botched it. It's just like, oh yeah, it's too bad when you have the only good player on your team. That was Tavares a few years ago. So it's like, so that's why Tavares left. <laughs> uh, here's the other one. Um, you know, things are going rough in New York when the boos for John Tavares are louder than the cheers for your own team. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. Um, They've got nothing. Speaking of the people in the building, I got just one more for you. Uh, the Islanders packed their building just as full as the Scotiabank Center right now. <laughs> for those these are un- good for the- <laughs> well done for those un- unaware the Scotiabank Center is uh, nobody can get in okay nobody nope. can get in due to the novel coronavirus just that super fan and dirt guy New York you guys suck I, st- I can't believe they they still I don't know this John Tavares stuff it does it does get under my skin I think it's terrible what they do to him well here's what I was t- uh, I was saying to Tim last night like Fast forward a few years and let's get through the tiers and let's just say that the Leafs continue to not have playoff success. They get bumped in the first round. Maybe one time they get to the second round. And after that, Austin Matthews contract runs up and he decides, you know what? I'm going to go to another team. Maybe it's Arizona. Maybe it's Los Angeles. I don't know. But some other team to go for the cup and he leaves Toronto. 
there is no way that when he comes back into the the play the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto that we are doing anything less than a vi- video tribute and roaring applause and saying thank you Austin Matthews for being the greatest part of our team for like 7 years go have fun on your new team like i there's no way we're throwing rats on the ice and snakes and burning jerseys booing every time he touches the puck there's no way there is no way it's garbage i thought the same thing honestly during the game because i was just like you know how how would i react i honestly think i'd just cry i think if i like like it it really would only be austin matthews be the one that would get me uh uh, to that point if he just left but yeah i would just cry i i just Mm. can't believe that they're still this way so but like when he comes back to toronto would you not cheer even though he's wearing the jersey of another team would you be like i love that guy like I don't know. Oh it's, yeah. It's ridiculous. It is just ridiculous. I think it would be maybe a touch different if like he left and went to a division rival, right? If he went to Boston, we would boo. Okay. If, if he went to Boston, we would fair. Boo. If Tavares went to the Rangers, then maybe it would be a little, a little more understandable, but like, uh, give me a break. It's, it's, I don't I want to talk about the Islanders anymore. I'm getting angry. <laughs> you like those, uh, you like those so, chirps? They're chirps guys. So one thing we didn't talk about last game, Preeti Morazic dusted off his pads after about eight years. Yep. And he looked good. He did look well, good. Like he, d- he didn't need to look good. Like the Islanders didn't really throw too many tough ones at him. But but at the end of the day, you can only stop the pucks that come your way. And he, I mean, he let one in, which means that he's obviously a worse goalie than Hutchinson and Wall, who had shutouts against the Islanders. But, <laughs> but at the same time, like, yeah, he was fine. And I'm curious to see where Keith goes from here on out, because we've seen him play the hot hands, be it on defense or forwards or whatever, whatever's working, he's playing. Campbell's look not so great. Mrazek now has a shiny win. Maybe Mrazek starts the next game on Wednesday. I mean, what is it? Uh, Anaheim? Yep. They're looking pretty good this year. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get some more starts here and see if he can put together a hot string like Campbell did. I don't want to kill Campbell's confidence all the same, but it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I saw a number of really great saves by... Uh... Uh, Peter Mrazek last night, specifically on the power play with you, you, the, the Islanders had a very unique approach on the power play with just giving it, you know, they have so many like, like really great puck moving defensemen and they just kind of give it to them, let them work the top of the, 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 the blue line and just get bodies in front and try to tip. Right. And like, they got a couple of tips and, and, and Mrazek made those saves and. Well, it's pretty easy to get bodies in front of the net when you're playing against the Leafs. Speaking of soft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so i i, I agree i i kind of hope that he gets the start on wednesday i think jack, or at least saturday at l- one of the two games jack campbell needs rest mm-hmm. it's it's time I, I i'm i'm gonna eat my words from the last pod when i said i think the rest's over i think he needs a little bit of rest i think he needs to kick it back he had covid like a month ago like take a break anaheim ducks so oh, maybe maybe it's even just like take a break and get your like headspace back where it needs to be. Like maybe it's not even a physical thing. It's just a mental thing of it's okay. Like you don't need to start every game and stand on your head because we have Marazic and he can get some wins and like, it's okay. You can take it easy. The pressure isn't all on you. Like maybe Campbell needs that. And, and this will actually help him. The fact that Marazic is coming in and playing again, one game in the past, like, 10 years for Mrazic, but it, it, maybe it, it, if this continues, that will actually help Campbell's mental battles. Yep. 
Um, I, I got one more thing to talk about, and I know, Ryan, you're not going to want to talk about this, so Tim, I'm hoping... I maybe- said I was done talking about the Islanders! Oh, my <laughs> Mustache talk on the Leafs cast. Stop! Ryan, if you're not in the mood, you can sit this one out. Tim, did All you right, notice William Nylander this week? The goatee. <laughs> You did notice. <laughs> of course I noticed these things. These are important Leafs news. Oh my goodness. Did you notice this, Ryan? I'm starting my own podcast. So, okay. You guys aren't invited. I, I do go on Instagram and I, I think it was uh, Sandine uh, originally posted the picture of Willie just like they're on this down, d- downtown Toronto, I don't know, somewhere. Willie's got a cool coat on and he's looking back and it's just Willie looking cool, right? These Swedes, they know how to dress well. They're always hanging out. I wish I was Swedish and got to hang out with them. Um, and, but I saw the picture. I didn't think anything of it. And then I see on the ice, he's got a haircut and he has a goatee and he still looks great. And he looks super handsome. Uh, it obviously didn't help him too much on the ice this week, but um, just another look. Once again, I feel like I'm not stretching here. The Leafs and their facial hair this season, it's, it's a talking point. As much as the Leafs being soft, the Leafs being flexible with their facial hair decisions, it's, it's, uh, it's something... We need to talk about uh, it. Yeah, we need to talk about it. So That's it. We talked about it. It's done. Does, we just need a record of it because when we and do the mid-season reports... Nope, it's done, Tim. This is going to be a faster... <laughs> Ryan said it's done. It's done. Okay. We do. All right. Let, I, I want to talk uh, not about facial. I want to talk about Mitch Marner because he's been back. He's played a few games and he's looked great. Excellent. He looked great in both the past two games. And this is, you know, all season we're talking about, like, let's get Mitch Marner back. And last podcast, we were like, finally, this is one game where like, this is what we were hoping for. And now it's one game has turned into three games. And it's like, oh, it's so nice having Mitch Marner back to what he is because it makes the biggest difference although in the past two games austin matthews has not scored so maybe it's it's not working out as well as i'm making it out to be but he looks dynamic yep yep he does he does and uh especially actually on the wednesday game as well though i mean and and they were talking about it all game long austin matthews needs to get that that final road goal to to own the record of consecutive road games with the goal and it felt like mitch was feeding him all night and uh uh Austin didn't get one, but Mitch had that sick, sick snipe right at the start from a, a nice pass from Willie. And yeah, he's mm-hmm. playing with a lot of but, confidence. And I mean, we say we, we won't get into it too much. We say he didn't get one. I would disagree and say he did get one because but the NHL with their ruling of like what is a kicking motion and what's not is ridiculous. Yeah, it's all a joke. <laughs> it's just like. Did he, did he like angle his foot in? Yes. Have they allowed, like they changed the rule this year. They've let, they've allowed dozens of those. Oh, really? No one knows. No one knows what the rule is. And they just roll the dice and they say like, yeah, Matthews doesn't need another record. He can try again. Yeah. I was, I was wondering that. Cause I'm like, I, I, I saw that and saw a kicking motion. I guess I haven't seen all these other, you know, blown calls that you're talking about Tim. It's not a blown call. Basically, what they say is like, if the puck is stopped and you kick it in, then that's not allowed. But if the puck is moving and you use your foot to direct it in, it doesn't matter if it's a kicking motion. It's like if it's a redirection, then it's been fine. 
There have been dozens of them. Every time you see a controversy, it comes up and say, oh, it's obviously a kicking motion. And they say, oh, it, but yeah, but it's just a redirection. They say it's fine. Awesome. Until last night. Or no, what? I can't keep track of the days. I was Until it mattered for us. I was just wondering if they were going to give it to him anyway, just because of the kicking motion. But then like, would it, it would have just have been for a short time, but everybody would have been talking about how like, he doesn't actually deserve the record and stuff. <laughs> He'll probably end it's up getting it anyway uh, at some point just down the road. But I mean... That little flick of the the toe at the end, I mean, I knew it was over for him right there. Yeah. But if he gets oh, that well. one, maybe the game's within reach, and I don't know, maybe we win. Or maybe Timothy Lilligren decides to leave Chris Kreider naked in front of uh, Jack Campbell again, and he bats it home. Give me a break. There you go. Give me a break. That one pissed me Chris, off. Chris Kreider? Lots of goals this year. Like, what's up with that? I don't know which broadcast you, I was watching, and they said after after Chris Kreider's goal on Wednesday, like uh, that's a goal scorer's goal. I was like, wait a guys, yeah, <laughs> a goal scorer. That was weird. Sitting, he's right in front of the net with nobody around him, yeah. and he whacks it home five hole. Give me a break. Anyway, um, uh, okay, I got one more thing to talk about, and it was the report this week that Kyle Dubas came out saying that he'd be looking to move salary cap out ahead of the deadline and that got my wheels turning a little bit because we've talked about before with uh his thoughts on um on nick ritchie and maybe justin hall as well but specifically nick ritchie and just like you know we're we're early into this contract what are the leafs hoping to get out of them when i hear sheldon keith say or, or sorry kyle dubas say salary cap it says nick ritchie's name to me he he's the guy so that that i mean it depends what you're making room for. Like he he's the first guy you, you think of because he makes a larger than any of the other like depth pieces of the leaves at $2 million. And he's worse than any of the depth pieces too. So it like makes the most sense, but maybe it's more move out Dermot and bring in a different defenseman or you know what I mean? Like you kind of got to make room somewhere. Maybe it's a few pieces. Maybe it's Morazic. Like it, it could be a lot of number of different people, but probably Richie is the, the easiest one since he's not even in our lineup right now and we're all healthy and, and we waved him and he's sitting up in the press box. So it, it's probably the easiest one to take off because it's just dead cap at this point. Yeah. And I think like who else is kind of there? Like, uh, well, I mean the other name that's up there, like we were talking more earlier this season before we had some injuries, but like who's going to say Justin Hall or Travis Dermott, <laughs> maybe we trade them both. Like with like if Lilligan and Sandine can, I mean, I want, I'm not going to force them into the top four. Like they were bad on Wednesday and serviceable last night, but I wouldn't call them ideal top four defensemen on a playoff team. Um, but maybe they make room for one, one of those guys. And what would you guys say to um, a potential deal where it, it, it was Justin Hall, whether it's Justin Hall or Travis Dermott, and Timothy Lilligren for a serviceable top four defenseman that sticks around longer than just this season. What would you guys say to that? So who, who are we shipping out? One of Dermot and... One, one of Dermot or Hall and Timothy Lilligren. So Lilligren's like the, you know, he's, he's kind of the real piece of trade bait there. And then the team also... Takes so it. basically we're, we're trading the future, which is Lilligren for... The next couple of years. Yes. And moving out, you know, the cap space of, I don't know. I, I don't think that another team is going to make that deal unless it like depends on who this other player is, but we can't 
bring in too much cap space. So it's not like they're going to be uh, a high cap player. I don't know. Like, it, how much better is this other player going to be than Dermot or Lily? Well, I said, I said a top four. Yeah. So like Jake Muzzin or like, who are you talking about here? Yeah. Like Jake Muzzin. But like, who's trading away their Jake Muzzin to bring in Dermot, who's like basically a nothing at this point, and Lilligren, who we hope is like a bottom six defense. Well, I think it's all about the, 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 how the team views those players. Like, I think the league as a whole views Timothy Lilligren as a, a, a player that can play in your, your top, or, you, you know, like on your roster and then maybe get a little bit more. And, and Dermot's still unbelievably young and played a lot of games and, I don't know. I'm just saying I, I, I would sign on for that. I would have how how old do you think Travis Dermott is? Twenty-four. Twenty-five? He's twenty-five. Just because you're an old man now, twenty-five is unbelievably young. <laughs> That's pretty young. Well, it's pretty average. Like Sandine is twenty-one. That's that's pretty young. It's like fifteen years younger than Jake Muzzin, I think. <laughs> right? <laughs> Something like that. He's two years younger than Morgan Riley. The, That's kind of funny to think. That about. actually is kind of funny to think about. I don't know. <laughs> I th- I think the Leafs would be sooner to make a deal like that than any other team would. I I think if you throw in like a second or third round pick, then you can make that happen. But, but here's where Trav. Uh, uh, what's his name? Well, Dubas's hands are tied a little bit. Like this year, we have our first rounder, our second rounder, and then nothing until the seventh round. Yeah. Like I mean. Maybe but you could, but you could like trade the second year. rounder and get back like a fourth rounder and the other stuff. Like it's not like like you can trade down in the draft to bring something in. You know what I mean? Yep. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Just something something to to, to think about. I've, I mean, there are some names of, of of guys the Leafs are looking into right now. I don't know if you guys want to get into that yet, or if you want to save that for closer to the deadline. Um, yeah, let's save it for closer to the deadline. We'll keep just, our listeners uh, waiting intently for for these juicy trade baits. Tim's Timmy's trade bait board. Timmy's trade baits. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, that's all I got then for this week. The Leafs are soft. The Leafs cast is not soft. No way, I sharp mean, we, as ever. We didn't quite come to a definitive conclusion about whether we're soft. We're soft when at times, which is frustrating, but other times we're not soft. Yeah, the Leafs, the Leafs didn't look soft for the first three months of the season. We're fine. You know who's soft? The Edmonton Oilers, except they got a win, so we'll give them a break. Yeah, they still suck, though. Yep. They still suck. All right, we wrap it up. Let's get wrap out of here. Well, what, what are you not softies going to do the rest of the day? I'm just going to eat some soft-serve ice cream. I'm going to eat nails and lift weights in my basement and beat up an Islanders fan. Hey. Just kidding, there aren't any. <laughs> <laughs>